Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, church. If you're our guest here this morning and I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron. And I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we're so excited that you're joining us. This is the second week of our series called Let's Go, and we're taking time at the beginning of this year and talking about what it is that God is speaking to us as a church and and where he's moving us forward as a church and what it is that he's calling us to. And this kind of, this series and the idea for this series came out of this verse in the book of Joshua where God speaks to his people and he tells them, hey, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow I am going to do amazing things among you. And we believe that that the year 2016, this year, is going to be an amazing year for our church, where God is calling us and what it is that he's going to do among us. And so we're starting off this year and in this series, and we're looking at, God, how do we live out what it is that you're calling us to? How do we make those kinds of impacts that you're calling us to this year so that we can see you accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish? And so last week, we kicked off the series called Um, talking about let's go make disciples. Let's go make disciples. And we talked about the call of God over our life to disciple other people, to see other people grow in their relationship with God and move forward in what it was that God was calling them towards. And so if you were here last Sunday, as you left the service, um, we gave you these action cards. There were ways that we just said, hey, together, here's what we want to do this week. Here's how we can live out this message. Here's how we can um, take what we've heard and actually put it into practice and live out what it is that God is challenging us with. And so each of you, if you were here last week, you got an action card. And as we thought about this series and we thought about what God was challenging us towards, we thought, you know what? We hear a lot of messages. You know, for most of you, you um, are here in church pretty regularly. And so you hear about 40 to 50 messages over the year. That's 40 or 50 times that God is challenging you through his word. Hey, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm asking of you. And a lot of times we get that, like we hear a lot of that information. We get about a lot of that knowledge. But what do we actually do with it? And in this series, we said we don't want that to happen. We don't want to just hear the word of God, but we want to look at how do we live that out. And so that's part of the reason why we handed out those action cards. And every week before we jump into the new message, we're going to look at what God did in us this past week. And so right in front of you, um, unless you're on the front row, it'll be right behind you. There's a card and it just looks like this. It says, let's go. And if you could take a moment, just go ahead and grab that. It doesn't matter if you were here last week or if you weren't, it's okay. Just grab one of those let's go cards. And we're going to actually pause before we listen again to what God wants to say to us this week. And we're going to just look at, God, what did you do in us this past week? And so we're just going to answer this question, how did I go this week? What was it that God did? How did I put my faith into practice and live out what God was challenging me to do? And so the steps that we talked about last week in making disciples is we said, hey, we as a church, we're going to look at one to three people around us and look at how we can help them grow this year. This week, so not just waiting for a few months, but this week, we're going to look at having a spiritual conversation. We're just going to ask them, hey, where are they at in their relationship with God? What is it that God wants to do next in their life? How do, how do they feel about God? We're going to have some kind of spiritual conversation, whether it's a phone call, a text, um, we have coffee with them, whatever that is. And then we're going to take a moment this week and we're going to pray for them. 
And so right now, before we jump into this week's message, we're just going to answer these questions. How did I go? Now, if you weren't here last week, don't panic, okay? Don't freak out. It's okay. I just want you to look at, hey, is there a way that you can do that this week? And you can write that on the card. Or maybe um, just because you're a follower of Christ, you're like, hey, Aaron, I actually did this. I did have a spiritual conversation. I've been aware of who God has placed around me. And so you have something to write down. And so I'm going to stop talking for a few moments. I'm going to challenge each of you just to take a second and let's just write a few sentences about what God did in our life this week to live out the message that he spoke last week. You can finish writing while I'm talking. Um, If you're still doing that, if you're finishing up a few sentences, you can do that. But every week we're going to do this because we're not just satisfied with hearing God's word. We want to live it out. We want to be a church that's actually going somewhere, that God is moving us forward in our relationship with him. And so this is what we want to challenge you to do is every week at the start of the message, we're just going to look at, hey, God, what did you do in us this past week? And as you leave, you're going to have the opportunity to take this and to drop it in an orange bucket. And we're going to take those as the church and we're going to kind of compile them together. This is not us as the church looking and checking up on you. Hey, did you actually do something? That's not the heart of this. But the goal of this is over the next six weeks, at the end of this, we're just going to send you an email and it's just going to have what you've written. Okay? This is not a school grade. You won't get an A or a B or a C or any of that. It's just going to have what you wrote on it. And our heart is that you would be able to look back and say, wow, God, you did that. God, you moved me that far over the past six weeks. I forgot that that's what you did in week one. And now look where I'm at. Look where that conversation has gone. God, look where that prayer that I prayed over that person. God, look where it's taken them. Look where where it's taken me. That's our heart is that we would be able to see movement over the next five to six weeks in what God is doing in our life, how he is moving us forward and how he's challenging us to go into what he has called us to do and to be the church right where he has placed us to. And so I want to challenge you to do that every week and then we'll evaluate and we'll kind of look after this series what God has done in our life and how we have grown together as the church. So as I mentioned last week, we talked about making disciples. We just took a moment and just jotted down a few ideas of what God's done. And this week, we want to talk about this idea, let's go impact communities. Let's go impact communities. And what we want to look at is how God is calling us into our communities, into the place where he's placed you at, right where you are at. How is God using you to make a change, to bring transformation and to bring impact right where he has you at? It's just been almost exactly two years since the first time that Sarah and I stood up here on the platform and were um, initiated or prayed over to become the pastors of New Community Church. And we have loved the past two years since God has called us here, since he's brought us here to Mesquite. And as we were coming up on this two-year anniversary, I was thinking about the months leading up to that. We didn't know that 
New Community Church was going to be the place that God called us, but we felt a change and we felt a transition. And so we in Red Oak, Texas, you know, South Dallas, we begin to pray, God, we feel like something new is about to happen and we don't know what that is. But we just begin to pray, God, if you're going to lead us to a different church, here's the kind of church that we would love to be a part of. God, don't place us somewhere where everything seems perfect, but God places in a community that's broken, that has brokenness around them. Places in a community where the need is apparent, God, and where you can use us in the church that you're calling us to bring change and transformation. We started to pray, God, place us in a church where people want to grow. We don't want want to be part of a church where everyone's just kind of satisfied, where they're like, hey, I'm okay with where I'm at with God. Everything's fine. But God, bring us to a place where people want to move forward in their relationship with God, where they know that, man, they're growing, but there's still more. God still has more for them. And so we want to be a part of that kind of church. And so we begin to pray for that. God, bring us to a church that isn't comfortable with just doing church on Sunday morning. But put us in a community, put us in a place, God, where people want to go outside of these four walls right here and begin to live out their faith. And so we were praying these prayers, and I'll never forget getting that phone call from Pastor Chris, the previous pastor here at NCC, and him asking us, hey, this opportunity is coming up, and it looks like we're going to be transitioning. Would you guys pray and see if it's God's will for you to come here to Mesquite? And as we did that, we started to look at, well, what's Mesquite like? What kind of city or what kind of community is this that you've placed this church in that's wanting to make an impact? And as we started to look at that, we found out some very um, kind of shocking things about our city that we're a part of. As we started to look at research, we discovered that as we look around this room and we look around this community, that statistics say that over 16% of us are living below the poverty line. Now I say us because we're a part of that. We're, this is where God has placed our church. And so whether it affects you, whether it's you directly or whether it's someone you know, almost one out of every five people in our community is living below the poverty line. 70% of our students that attend Mesquite ISD that go to our public schools are eligible for free or reduced lunch. That tells me all of a sudden looking at that statistic that so many of our students are going to school without proper nutrition without the proper resources to be successful in their academics and in their education. This is what they face on a daily basis. So many of our community and of the homes in our community right here, we're being raised by single parent families. That means that there's broken homes, that there's broken marriages, and that families aren't always healthy as we look at Mesquite community, and that's a large majority of them. 21% of us are graduating or are continuing in our careers without a high school diploma. So without a GED or anything equivalent to that, and they're going into the workforce, and it's very difficult for people in Mesquite as their family grows, as bills increase, and all of those things to move forward in their job because we don't even have a high school equivalent education or a GED. And I started to look at those, and those statistics started to move my heart, and I thought, man, there's a great need. But church, you need to hear this. Where there's a great need, there's tremendous potential. And where it looks like there's some roadblocks or there's some obstacles, there's a great opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to step up and to be the church that God has called them to be out into the community where he is calling them. And I knew that's what God wanted to do or continue to do through New Community Church, through NCC, as he was calling us to be the pastors here. And as I've been here the past few years, I've noticed some things. I've noticed some other things than what I just discovered. Right here in our community, there are over 125 churches that are meeting together. 
Just stop and take that in for a minute. There are over 125 other congregations just like this that are meeting for one or two services or maybe even more. There's people just like you that are sitting in those churches week in and week out. And my question is, with the 125 churches that are called to live and to be Jesus, to represent Christ in the community, to make a difference and to make an impact, my biggest question is, then why aren't these numbers changing faster? If there are this many people in our community that are saying, we're followers of Christ, we believe in what the Word of God says, we believe in what Scripture says, we believe that we're called to represent Christ to the community around us, why aren't these numbers changing faster? Church, that should alarm us. Because we're called, let's go and impact communities. We're called to live out the example of who Jesus is. We're called not just to live for ourselves. This Christianity thing isn't just about us. It's about everyone else also that God has placed around us, that God is calling us to, that God is challenging us to live out our faith in front of. So it should be alarming that there are 125 churches here in this community, in the surrounding area even more. But the numbers aren't changing faster. And so I want us to look this morning. What is it that God's challenging us with? What does it mean to impact our communities? How do we live that out? What is God calling us to? There was a famous kind of civil rights activist that lived in England a couple of hundred years ago named William Wilberforce. And this is what he said as he presented the need to his countrymen. He said this, you may choose to look the other way now, but you can never again say that I did not know. You can never again say that statement, I did not know, because he had presented the need. And as we realize the need, as we talk about these numbers and these statistics that are placed in front of us, we can no longer say, I did not know. We can choose to look the other way, but we can't plead ignorance anymore. We have a call from God to do something about this, to bring change and transformation in the community, in the surrounding areas that God has placed us in, that we would see a difference in this. And so I want us to turn to the scripture this morning and look at this passage that God gives his people, this challenge that he gives them to go and to make an impact in the community that he had placed them in. And it's found in the book of Micah. And so if you have your Bible, you can open to Micah chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. In the seat in front of you or maybe one or two seats over, there's a Bible um, that's on that metal rack there. And you can turn to page 506 in that Bible that's in the seat in front of you. And I want to look at this passage where God and his people are having this conversation. This is the prophet Micah, and he's speaking to his people, and the people are kind of disgruntled with God, and they're upset with God. And so God answers in this way of what he's requiring, of what he's asking of his people in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. This is how God responds to the questions that his people are asking. Micah says this, has he told you, old man, what is good? He has told you, oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? God is about to tell his people what it is that he's asking of them, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Now, I want you in your Bible just to take a moment to underline that first phrase that he says there, but to do justice. Or if you have your smartphone and you're reading in that, you can highlight that right there. But to do justice, that's what God is requiring. That's what he's asking of his people. That's what he's declaring to them. This is what I want you to do. This is the challenge that I'm giving you in the place that I have put you in the community that you're surrounded with. I want you to live out. I want you to put your faith into practice 
Practice justice. Do justice. Now, the people of God would have understood this very clearly because all throughout the scripture, God talks about what this means. How do they live in a right relationship with God? How do they practice righteousness, justice in their life? How do they live that out with other people around them, with the needs that they see around them? And God's word is full of examples of what it means to do justice, of what it is that God requires of them. And you look in the Old Testament, you see this in the book of Leviticus. When God is speaking to his people in Leviticus chapter 23, this is what he tells them of what it means to do justice. He says, hey, whenever you go to harvest your fields, Whenever it's time to collect all of the grains and all of the crops and everything that you've planted, do not gather them all. But look around you because there are foreigners, there are aliens, people that aren't from your nation that are living among you and they don't have their needs met. They're going without. And so this is what I want you to do. Don't spend it all on yourself. What I've given you, what I've blessed you with, it's not just for you. But do not harvest the edge of your grains or the edge of your crops all the way to the ends of the field. But leave the outskirts for the alien, for the foreigner among you so that they can be part of the community, so that their needs can be met. What's God saying? Hey, they're just like you. They're a part of that community. Don't allow them to go without. Don't allow them to do without, but make sure that their needs are taken care of. In the book of James, in the New Testament, this pastor is writing to the church that he's over and he's challenging them. And he says this right here. Do you want to know what true religion is? Do you know what, want to know what it means to really follow after God? Almost what Micah is saying. Do you want to know what the Lord requires of you? Do you know what, want to know what true religion is? It's this right here, to look after the orphan and the widow in their time of distress. James is saying, church, you better not forget the person that's alone, the person that's isolated, the person that doesn't have a family around them. Do you know what, want to know what it means to live out justice? It's that you look in their eyes and you take care of them and you meet the needs that you see present in their life. It's not just about you and what you're gaining from this. No, God is calling you to restore people into the community of faith, to bring them back into a relationship with God and with others. We see Jesus live this out in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 8, he comes upon this group of lepers. Lepers were people in the Bible that had this infectious skin disease that was extremely contagious to everyone around them. And they couldn't be present in the city. They couldn't join in in the festivities or the holidays. They couldn't live in a home like everyone else. They had to live out on the outskirts of town. And if anyone came near them, a leper was required to start yelling out, unclean, unclean, don't come near me. Stay away, avoid me because I'm unclean. I don't belong to the community. I don't belong in the city. I'm isolated and I'm all by myself. And Jesus, to this group of men that had been on the outside, he walks up to them. He places his hand upon them and he says, be clean. I heal you. And then he tells them this, now go back into the city and offer the sacrifices, go into the house of God and offer the sacrifices. Those sacrifices meant that they were now restored into the community of faith, that they were now a part of everyone else. They were no longer on the outside, but God had made them whole. See, we see this pattern over and over again, and it wasn't just the people alone. It wasn't just the people in financial need that didn't have ways to make an income or didn't have ways to make their needs get met. It wasn't for those that were just sick, but it was for everyone. It was for people with lots of money. You look in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, and there's a story of Zacchaeus, this rich tax collector who everyone hated because they felt like that Zacchaeus had betrayed them and started to work for the Roman government. And Jesus comes to him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. 
Zacchaeus, I'm going to where you're at, and I'm going to eat with you. And everyone around him starts to gasp. Everyone's jaw drops. How can Jesus, do they know what kind of man this is? Do they know what kind of person? Jesus shouldn't associate with this guy. And Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house. Without Zacchaeus saying anything, or without Jesus saying anything, Zacchaeus stands up. And he says, Jesus, I've wronged the people in this community. I've stolen from them. I've taken from them. And today, I'm going to pay them back four times the amount of anything that I've taken from them. And Jesus says what? Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this person too is a son of Abraham. He's looking at everyone in that community and he's saying, you want to know what it means to do justice? It means restoring people back into the community. It's not leaving them isolated. It's not leaving them in a broken relationship with God or or a broken relationship with others, but it's restoring them into God's kingdom, into God's household as a part of God's family. It's bringing justice to the world that is broken around us. That's what God has called us to do. And we can hear stories like this, and we see this in Jesus' life. It can seem overwhelming with statistics. You can hear the need, and you can see this large thing. How do we even begin to reach 70% of the students that are on free or reduced lunch? How do we really affect a poverty line where almost one out of five people in Mesquite that were living below the poverty line? And if you can't reach everybody, church, I want to challenge you. Start with somebody. If you can't reach everyone, if the numbers seem too large, don't become overwhelmed by them, but start with somebody. Do what Jesus did. Walk up to that one person and put your hands on them. Talk to that one individual and say, hey, God wants to restore you back into his family. You need to be restored back into the community that you're around. You don't have to live alone anymore if you can't reach everybody. Church, God's challenging us this morning. Would you start with somebody? Would you start with the person at your work? Would you start with the person in the class that sits across from you in your math class or in your English class that's there um, in the cafeteria with you that no one else wants to talk to? Would you start with the person that's at your work who's going through a divorce and they feel all alone and they feel isolated and they don't know where to turn? Would you live out God's justice in their life of restoring them to a community of faith, of restoring them to a relationship with God and let them know that they're not all alone? Church, if you want to know what true religion is, If you want to know what God requires of you, what is it that the Lord's asking of you? It's to do justice. It's to live that out. And that's the call of God. Let's go and impact our communities. Let's go and impact the people around us, the people that God is calling us to. I love it when I hear stories of that, of people doing that, not waiting for the church, not waiting for all of us together, but saying, God, I'm going to do something It's like Cal and Donna Winman who attend the first service, and they usually sit right back here in this area. And Cal and Donna said, hey, there's all of these students at the school that that she serves in. And she said, hey, we've got to do something. They're going home on the weekend. They don't have a lot of food. They don't have a lot of other things. And so many of them aren't even eating anything. They rely on school lunches to kind of get through the week. And over the weekend, they don't have anything. And so they started to get the group of prime timers together and said, hey, we're going to make lunches. And currently they're feeding 14 families and they said the need is so much greater. We're not even hitting the tip of the iceberg, but we have to start somewhere. We have to do something for somebody there. There's some need that we see. It's, it's like I see when people um, post on Facebook, like Julie, um, who attends the first service. And right after the tornado, she gets in her car and she drives over to the Garland area. And she just begins to join the teams that are serving there and cleaning up debris and meeting with families and just even wrapping her arms around people saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it 
through this. See, each and every one of us are called to make a personal impact in the life right where God has placed you. You may not be able to change everything. You may not be able to reach everybody, but you can start with somebody. You can start right where God has placed you, and you can do something to make a change, to make a transformation in the community that God has called you in. Church, the question is, are you willing to do that right where he's placed you? It's a deep part of our spiritual growth is that we would serve those in need that are around us where God has called us. And it's not just us personally, but it's us doing that as the church. It's us together. It's it's saying, hey, we can do more together than we could ever do on our own or by ourselves. And so we want to answer the call of God to live out justice, to do justice in the communities that he's calling us to. And so on February 27th, we're going to do that. We're calling it Let's Go Serve Saturday. We're just going to get out in the community and we're going to serve together. We're going to go to some nonprofits here in Mesquite. We're looking at possibly a a homeless ministry in Dallas. We're looking at an elementary school right here in Mesquite. Um, As I mentioned, Mesquite Social Services and Sharing Life. And we're even looking at the Children's Hospital to be around people that are sick. To be around people that no one even pays attention to when they drive by them on the street. And to put our arms around them and let them know, hey, you have value. You have worth. God has a plan for your life to go into the elementary schools and let them know, hey, there's a church right here that's not willing just to sit and get more information and get more knowledge, but we're going to do something. We're going to live out our faith in practical ways. And so if it means cleaning up trash, if it means painting, if it means doing landscaping, we want to serve the schools around us to let them know, hey, we believe in you. We want to partner with you. We want to help you succeed in changing and transforming the life of students around us. That's the call that we have. That's the kind of church that God is asking us to become. But it doesn't just stop there. It's not just serving once or twice, but it's saying, God, how will you call us? What's your vision for the future? We had the opportunity this past fall um, before the year ended. We met with the new superintendent of Mesquite ISD. And as we were sitting there, we were talking about the back to school fair that our church hosts and that we put on and that we partner with the school with. We just started to ask, hey, we don't want it to just be that, though. We refuse to be a church where it's just serving one time a year. What else can we do? What else can we do to make a difference and to make an impact? And he started to share about a new initiative that the city is doing. That it, They don't want it to just be a school thing. They actually want it to be a community-wide initiative. I won't go into all of the details, but he began to share the impact of kids that are starting school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade without the proper vocabulary, without having been read to, without having been talked to of many of their counterparts from more affluent families. And as he began to share that, he said, Aaron, as we've done this study, as we've done this research, this is the problem we're facing here in Mesquite. By the time most of these kids that are living in poverty enter the third grade, they're one to two grade levels behind their counterparts and their peers. Not only that, when you start to look at that long-term effect over 15 or 20 years, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars that are lost to a community because of the economic and education level of that community. And he said, we want to make a difference. Will you guys partner with us? We're looking for churches. We're looking for businesses. This isn't just a school issue. We want to change and transform our community. And so we've started to pray. We've started to look at that. Even what we talked about last week, God, help us to expand this building. I met with the board this past week and I said, hey, does that mean opening a mentoring program here at the school? Does it mean opening a daycare? Does it mean opening a preschool? What can we do to allow this church not just to be used on Sunday, but all throughout the week? God, 
use us, place us here in this community, and let us see a change and a difference in the lives. Let Mesquite be different because New Community Church is here, and we're living out your call to do justice and to make an impact in the communities that you've placed us in. You guys, that's the vision. That's what God is calling us to. That's what God is asking us to be a part of, that we wouldn't just live this out for ourselves, but we would do justice to people that are around us. Benjamin Franklin said this, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Justice will not be served until those that are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. What does that mean? It's that our hearts are gripped in the same way that God's heart is gripped, that we feel that need, we feel that burden for those that are on the outside, for those that are broken, for those that are in need, and we feel that same weight that they feel, and we cannot live with it being that same way, but we decide to do something about it. Church, that's what God is calling us to. Do you want to know what it is that the Lord requires of you? It's to do justice. He's calling us to go and to make an impact in our community. And as I was looking at this, why justice? Why is that the first thing that he says when he looks at his people and when the Lord talks to them, hey, this is what I require of you. Why does he say, hey, justice, to do justice is the first thing that he says. And I believe it's this. It's because that's the character of God. And church, if that's part of the character of God, then it's part of our calling. If that's part of the nature of who God is, that he's a God of justice, that he's a God who wants to restore and make things right and level things out. If that's who he is, then it should be part of our calling. It should be part of what we're living out. We see that on the cross. God didn't just ignore your sin. He didn't just ignore my sin. He didn't just leave us to ourselves and say, hey, humanity, I hope you figure out the sin issue on your own. But no, he does something. He sends his son. And Jesus gives his life on the cross. He's beaten not because he did something wrong, but because you and I rejected God. We betrayed God. We failed God. We sinned and made mistakes. And God said, it's okay. I've got it covered. And the full wrath of God, the full justice of God was placed on Jesus. Why? So that you and I could be restored into a right relationship. We could be part of the community again. We could be part of God's family again. That's the words that the Bible uses that now we're sons and we're daughters of God. He's invited us in that we could be in right relationship, not only with God, but with each other. That God was going to restore that through the work of the cross that God has restored our relationship with others. It's part of the character and the nature of God. That's why he says, do justice. It's part of who he is. And if it's part of his character, then church, it's part of our calling. And sometimes we make the sad mistake that that it's other things that will fix that, right? We we watch things like, I don't know if any of you guys have watched it, the new Netflix documentary that's always there on the front of Netflix, The Making of a Murderer. We listen to things like the Serial Podcast. We see people that have wrongly been accused and we think, well, if we just change the law, then justice will be here. There'll be more justice if we have more strict gun control or if we have less strict gun control. We need to have stronger punishment for criminals or less punishment for criminals. And we truly believe that if we can change the law, well, then that'll fix justice. We look around the world and we see world hunger and we think, well, that's injustice. So if we just get them more food, if we can just get more money to the developing countries, then that's going to fix the problem. But injustice isn't just about more food or more money. Injustice has to do with broken relationships. It's people that are living in a broken relationship with the community around them. They don't see their value. They don't see their worth. They don't see what they can contribute to the community around them. And so they continue to live in isolation. They just live 
for themselves. That's a picture of injustice. People that don't see their value and so they don't see their worth. They're not living in a right relationship with themselves. The word of God says this, that, hey, you should love your neighbor as yourself. God says that, that you should actually love yourself. It's, it's part of your out view on other people as well. And so you have to live in a right relationship with yourself. That's part of God's restoring you that you see your value and your worth. And the last part is they're living in a broken relationship with their creator. It's injustice because they don't understand how they were designed to live. They don't understand their purpose. They don't understand God's dream and God's plan. Why are they living just kind of settled where they're at? Why are they just living in mediocrity? It's because they don't realize that there's a creator who's invited them into his story that's called them to be a part of his plan and his kingdom and what he's doing in the world. And their life has so much more value than the things that we're wasting it on so many times. See, that's injustice. And more money and more food and stricter laws and better legislation, all of those things aren't going to correct those issues. What corrects that is when the people of God begin to help people be restored back into a right relationship with God and into a right relationship with others. See, Jesus has called you. It's part of his character. He's saying, I'm calling you. Do you want to know what's required of you, church? Do you want to know what it is that I'm asking you to do? Do you want to know why I've placed you in the community, in the workplace that you're in? Do you want to know why that person's around you, why that coworker's there, why that neighbor's there? Do you want to know why that is? It's because I've called you to live out justice to the people around you. When we first moved over here, it didn't even take a week, and we're in Forney, and we're looking around Forney. It's where we live at, and we're in the subdivision, and we're thinking, God, where's the need here? And within one week, we identified it. it was a family that was in close relationship with us. And we've spent the past two years, God, how do we live this out? How do we be present in their life? How do we help them, God, to see brokenness in their life and how you can restore it and how you can make it whole? See, church, it's everywhere that you are at. It's not just in impoverished neighborhoods. It's not just where people need more financial wealth. No, it's everywhere. There's injustice everywhere. And God is calling us as a church to go out and to make an impact, to impact our communities and to live out the justice of God to people that are broken and to people that are hurting. The question is, are you going to do something? Will you put your faith into action and begin to live out the words of Jesus where he's calling you? This is what I require to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. That's the call that he has for us, church. And I believe that we are going to be a church that is going to impact our community with everything that we have, as long as I'm the pastor here, with everything. God, we want you to use us. God, use this facility, use this church, expand this campus, whatever. God, call us wherever you want us to go. But God, let us be a church that doesn't just sit here, that doesn't just settle, that doesn't stall in our relationship with you. God, call us to be a church that impacts our communities and the areas that you have placed us in. God, that's what we want to be. That's the kind of faith that we want to live out. And so today, as you leave, you're going to get another action card. And it's going to have these things on them. As you drop that let's go card that you wrote a few sentences on in the bucket, you're going to take one of these. And this is what we want to challenge you to do. These are the steps that we're going to take this week to live out our faith, to live what God has just challenged us with. Number one is you can sign up on the website to say, hey, I want to be part of the, the let's go Saturday serve event. On February 27th, we're going to have a number of opportunities. And so there's going to be something for everyone to go and to minister and to be present in people's lives that are hurting or that are broken or just need encouragement. 
and we're going to do that. Also, the second thing I want to challenge you to do this week is to say, personally, how can I make an impact? Right where you're at, in your workplace, right where God has placed you, in in your school or in your area, in your neighborhood, wherever that is at, how can you seek out an ongoing serving opportunity? Not just, hey, I'm willing to give one Saturday a year, I'm willing to give one day a year. No, God, on a routine basis, how can I serve? How can I live out justice, God, where you've placed me on an ongoing basis and begin to change and impact and transform the communities that you've placed me in? Church, let me pray for you this morning. If you will, bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to ask, ask as we talk about this idea of what God requires of us, of what God is asking of us, if there's anyone in this room this morning, and as I've been talking and I've been sharing, hey, God has a plan, he has a purpose, he wants to use you, you've looked at your own life and you're saying, but I don't know if my relationship with God is right. Maybe where you're at, you're saying, hey, I don't know if, if what you're talking about, God using me to impact others, I need change and I need transformation. I need my own life to be impacted. I need my own life to be different. And if that's you, you're in the room this morning and you know you need a fresh start in your relationship with God. You've walked away from that relationship with God or maybe you've never committed to that relationship. He's here in this room this morning calling you, inviting you back into the community, inviting you back into his family. He wants you to be a part of that. And if that's you in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet and to come forward to the altar. I want to pray for you. The word of God is very clear that we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all wronged God at some point and we can't fix it on our own. And Jesus came. He gave his life. He took your place and my place on the cross so that we could be restored back into a right relationship with God. And if that's you, you're in the room this morning without anyone looking around, but you know you need that fresh start. You know you need that brand new beginning in your relationship with God. Would you stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. Anyone at all, God's challenging your heart. You're sensing something on the inside. God's speaking to you. Don't miss this chance if the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. Church, I'm going to ask if you would pray this prayer with me, whether you're saying it for the first time or whether you've prayed it before. Hold on just one moment. Amen. What's your name? Just repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I realize I need you. I realize I've sinned. And I want a fresh start. So forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Help me to live for you. And help me to bring change to other people. I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate with these? Hey, we want to just take a quick moment and we want to talk to you guys. We're not going to keep you for long at all. Just right here in the green room, we want to just pray with you and encourage you as you start this relationship with God. So if you would take a quick moment and just go over here um, with our team, we're excited for the decision that you've made today. And church, I want to just close all of us in prayer while they're taking a moment and doing that. And I want to ask us, let's pray together this week that God would use us, 
that this wouldn't just be more information or more knowledge. They wouldn't just be numbers that I've shared with you, but they would be things that spur us on to do what the Lord requires us to do, that challenge us to go and to make an impact in the communities around us. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer, but don't just listen. Begin right where you're at, right in the seat where you're at. Begin to ask God to use you. Begin to open up your eyes and look where he's placed you in your workplace, in your school, that God could use you to bring change and transformation and that we would impact our community. Let's pray together as we close this morning. God, we come before you. And Lord, thank you for this simple scripture. It's such a small, simple scripture, Lord, in the book of Micah, but where you challenge your people, this is what I'm asking of you. This is what I'm telling you, that you would go out and you would live out the justice of God, that you would restore and bring restoration to people that are hurting and to people that are in need. And this morning, we're praying, God, use us as your church. Use each and every one of us in our workplace, in our neighborhood, with our families, God, wherever you have asked us to be, God, in the schools, Lord, take us this week and use us to bring your justice, God, and to make a difference and transformation everywhere where we go. We pray this in your name. Amen.